Welcome to another episode of Reproducibility. I'm Sophia Collet, and today I'm joined by Amy Auburn. Hello. Who's in Letchworth Garden City. Yeah. And, um, oh, sorry, I'm in Aschaffenburg in Germany. And Sam Parsons. Hello. Who's in... Didcot. Where are you? I'm in, I'm in Didcot. It's <laughs> in Didcot. Great. So now you all know <laughs> the random ass places we live. <laughs> exactly. Isn't it great? Um, but uh, aside from the three of us, today we've got um, Clarissa Canelo with us um, from the Federal University of, of Rio de Janeiro. Um, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Where are you? Hi, uh, I'm in a city that's close to Rio de Janeiro. It's called Niterói. It's where I live currently. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Everyone's at home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing fine. It's just crazy times, I think, for everyone, right? So it's impossible not to mention that we're all fine given the circumstances. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's all you, you have. You have to sort of block out a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, to keep going. Oh yeah, everyone's just nodding. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. but, um, well, but for once, we're talking. We're not talking about that topic. Yeah. Um. Which is great. We're, uh, <laughs> which is nice. Yeah. Um, we, we're we here to talk about um, the cool things that Clarissa does, um, with, in particular with the Re Brazilian Reproducibility Initiative. Um, so Clarissa was in Berlin in January, right, um, at, at Quest and um, sort of presented about this uh, to the, the, the Quest Center people. Um, oh, sorry, the sort of Institute within that within which I the the which, within which metric B is looking. I don't know. It's it's a whole like Russian dolls of institutes. But yeah, so that's um in oh my god quality ethic. Oh my god. Can I it's, can I just say that you don't know what the acronym of your institute stands for? I have I I use the mug almost every day and I also not, forget. Though. Oh my god. Wait, I mean, first of all, it's not my institute. I'm at I'm at Metric B, and I know what that stands for. That's the Meta Research Meta Research Meta Research Innovation Center Berlin. The Quest Center stands for the Quest Center for Transforming Biomedical Research. Stands for how do they not? Is it? <laughs> oh my God. Quest the Quest Center stands Quality Ethics, Open Science, and Translation. Yes, Quest. Anyway, that's that. That's where we met. That that's where I met uh, Clarissa and Amy. Why are you so confused? It's just one of those acronyms that like it just doesn't fit. Like, where's the O in open science? It's the S. It's it's, it's a silent it's O. It's a silent O. Anyways, I'll get over it. Um, I'm very excited to hear about um the initiative. So. I will, I will, I will forget about the weird acronym. <laughs> um, well, at least now you understand why I find it hard to remember sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's, 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 that's where, that's how we, uh, that's how Clarissa and I met. Um, and uh, I thought it'd be really cool to hear more about this um, and to, have to therefore also have you on the pod and um, sort of share this with uh, some more people. Um, 
so yeah um could you so, so like the the basic idea is that this is a huge replication project right yes um could you sum could you could summarize that um in a more useful way than, than <laughs> it's a huge replication project yeah uh, first thank you for having me here it's going to be great to talk more about the project um so yes our goal was to try to get an estimate of how replicable the Brazilian science is. We have seen other huge replication projects that are focused on uh, particular fields of science, especially in psychology, cancer biology, I think are the largest ones. Uh, but we thought that as the assessment of science and science quality and productivity is usually done on a national level or local level and not on areas, uh, subjects of science, we thought it uh, would be nice to have a national estimate, and so we set out to do that. But it's still yeah. Sorry, but it, but it's but it's still focused on on biomedical sciences, right? Yes, but general biomedical sciences. Yes. Uh, yeah, as we couldn't assess all of science, we would require a lot of expertise, different expertise on that, and. Also, we couldn't even approach the entire biomedical science and it would also require a lot of expertise. We first did a sort of a systematic review on what was the most used um, methods, like outcome assessment methods, in Brazilian biomedical sciences. As and we defined biomedical sciences in Brazil by our agency that's called CAPES, which is uh, an agency that regulates and assesses graduate programs and and funds a lot of research here. They have this way of defining each area, and so we combine that with Web of Sciences uh, subject categories. And then we looked for what were the most common experiments in in papers published by authors in Brazil. We came to a list of about 10 methodologies that ranged from uh, behavioral neurosciences to uh, uh, toxicology, uh, cell viability assessments, and other biomolecular, biocellular assays. And then we had to see whether we could uh, arrange a network of laboratories to be able to execute these experiments. So we opened a call in Brazil for any research lab that would want to join us, and they were uh, volunteered. Uh, it's volunteer-based. So we are only funding the cost with experiments themselves and materials, reagents, but the lab had to already have the um, the equipment and people available and time available to dedicate to this. Um, with that we came to uh, three techniques that we are now assessing, which is the MTT assay for assessing cell viability, the RT-PCR for quantifying RNA and messenger's RNA, and uh, EPM, which is elevated plasmase, for assessing anxiety, especially anxiety in rodents. With these three different sets, we have uh, 20 experiments within each, and each experiment is going to be replicated by 
or attended by three different groups. They are developing their protocols independently, so we're going to have this idea of a naturalistic replication. The three different replicators are not following the exact same protocol. We wanted to allow for some variability in the in the points of the protocols that were not described in the original articles, so that they would replicate just as if they were wanting to replicate this on their own, independently, not part of a big replication protocol. We expect this kind of variab this um, variability to enhance our estimates of reproducibility. We are now uh, at this stage of trying to develop these protocols and just finalizing that and then proceeding to acquire all reagents and cell lines and animals. It's a slow down now for all the world um, situations. and um, But then we would expect that each of these labs uh, do the experiments from every procedure related to this to these experiments from cell cultures and treatments and and animal husbandry up to the final outcome assessment we're not sending them any samples ready or pre prepared somewhere else they're doing the entire uh, experiments and then we expected them to send us the raw results. They would also analyze, make the basic uh, comparisons between groups on their own, and then send us, and then we would have uh, in the coordination the the general um, meta-analysis meta of these results to provide them an estimate of replication to say whether the, the experiment was successfully re replicated or not. Yeah, I don't know if I covered everything. <laughs> no, it sounds... I just had a quick question with the... How do you choose the experiments? Because you said there was, I think, 20 for the three different types of kind of research. Um, how did you choose those 20? Yeah, we started with a random sample and then we were filtering on those as uh, the expertise available on our collaborating labs. So we first filtered that we didn't have any, for example, any any lab that had the possibility of working with infectious agents. So anything related to infection was ruled out. And then we also added a filter for the cost of these experiments. And so we had a a ceiling of 5,000 reais, Brazilian reais, uh, to fit in the, our general budget and also account for possible uh, repetitions or errors or loss of reagents, some things that are, we, we don't know that could possibly happen along the way. And then we had to have uh, at least three. We also excluded some that only had three different uh, labs that could perform them just in case any lab had to drop out or something happens we had a, a backup that was also able to to do that in, okay we also excluded uh, articles that were from the same group of authors so here we have a lot of groups laboratories that are very prolific and 
within the same field or within the same methodology and so we excluded them by random which yeah so as we, we wouldn't want to focus we wouldn't want the focus to be on a particular researcher or a particular university or a particular group it was a major concern for us to not focus uh, it was a very common criticism as we started announcing the projects that you're going to ruin people's careers and it's brazilian science already uh, bad in the public view it's badly funded so you're going to be talking bad things about us and it's going to harm all the, the endeavor and in particular you could harm the careers of some researchers and we totally don't want that and we don't think that with our design we are aim even able to do that if we select one experiment of one paper of these authors this is not representative of their career or of their practices or yeah. or even of that paper yeah right? yeah uh, so, yeah but that's i mean but that's that that does sound like a a really tough criticism to face from sort of the general community it's um because especially because i mean surely like you now have the support of lots of labs that have joined this right yes and that if i said it correctly are joining it with without being paid for it yes so you clearly managed to do some great convincing <laughs> yeah we were able to uh have over 70 labs signing up for different methodologies and different uh, with different expertises we weren't able to include them all at first so uh now and now we already had also some dropouts as students leaving the labs and they don't, no longer have the manpower to do the experiment uh, we are now with close to 60 labs. It's really unique, isn't it? Because like most other replication projects, I don't, have there been other kind of national replication, you know, that have like this kind of national perspective of saying, we're going to take our country's research output and kind of evaluate it rather than kind of different methodologies like social psychology or cancer biology or... Yeah, not that I know of. Yeah, and as, and as you said in the beginning, like this is actually the sort of the more relevant thing uh, in a way. Like it's not well. I mean, I guess it, it is also important to to try to uh, to evaluate um, fields, but um, I think well, I think Germany is starting a national replication effort, but I think it's also focused. On, it's a very different design. It's focused on particular fields still and. The uh, I think it's more of a translation translational approach or focus, and I think it's also based on I'm I'm not very familiar with their design, but I think the the labs are selected by the government or some agency, and then they choose which experiments they want to replicate. Oh, okay. I, and I'm not. So it's a very different project. Yeah. And sure. so the your project was was it funded or like commissioned by the Brazilian Research Agency or or how is it is it supposed to inform kind of future funding or how does it sit in kind of Brazilian research? We really wanted to inform future policies mm. on on funding research, but no, we were not able to get funding from any of the nation national agencies or any 
public uh, government related agencies. We are funded by a private institution, which is the first uh, large private uh, private effort to fund Brazilian science. Also, I, I think it is more common in other countries to have uh, donations and families that really want to support science and then donate money and then fund, uh, create a foundation or an institute for promoting funding science. This is the first of this kind in Brazil. So it's from a family that had business in banks and stuff and then they uh, provided this initial fund and then created this institute to fund science and then they have a very open mind about what good science is and they want to be really open about everything that they fund and everything that they um, support. They do fund projects in many areas of science, mathematics, uh, geography, or, and also biological sciences. But uh, yeah, within this first, we were able to gather support from their first call for projects. But we got a reply from them saying, okay, so we, what you're proposing doesn't exactly fit in any of our categories. It's a very different project, but we really like it. We think it's important to assess, to, to, um, to ask these difficult questions, to ask what nobody seems to be worrying about in the national level or here. And, and so we were able to get their funding from from the start. And now we are also getting some support from some companies uh, as they are providing some of the materials, some reagents. So we have the uh, cell bank of Rio de Janeiro providing all of the cell lines almost for free, almost for their cost uh, of maintaining their cells. We also have uh, the Sig Aldrich Merck company, which is um, it's a complication of merger of different companies, and uh, I think the official name is the Merck Group, but they are not, they don't have the ownership of that name on an international level. I'm not sure how does this work here for an international audience. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. got like a lot of the, well you got this um, foundation kind of to fund it even though it's not in any of their categories and then you've got the help of kind of smaller companies and that's really that's really interesting it's a great a big effort <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm assuming that all of these parties are kind of interested in promoting open science all these institutes are trying to promote good practices in general open science and more transparency in methods and in everything so that it is reproducible and useful afterwards. I, I think that's the good of being associated with reproducibility initiatives in general. But it, it raises an interesting question which I think you know we often talk about about kind of who has ownership for having to figure out or to publish reproducibility and replications, you know, should the journal who published a paper publish the replication, should the funder who funded the research figure out whether it's actually, you know, replicable, um, and there's, there is that kind of 
lack or vacuum of responsibility where you know you once you get that boost of the the payback for the research like the citations and the publication and the prestige the kind of long term nobody really wants to bring out the rubbish <laughs> um yeah yeah in that sense we we wanted this project to be in self assessment like the brazilian science assessing the brazilian science and to to avoid this kind of having another agent looking down on who is actually doing the research that's also why we wanted this and we were really really happy to be able to gather this network of many many research laboratories some of them are even on our, on our pool of experiments uh, of course they are not replicating their own experiments we we took care of that but um yeah we wanted this idea of self assessment we're trying to uh to express this in our communications locally to yeah to, to make sure that this is interpreted as some it's not us looking at you know a meta research group looking at those people that are working on experimental things on biology and cells and animals saying what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong we want this to be a collective effort to see just what's going on because we we're not even sure of what is a good reproducibility rate yeah we don't expect it to be 100% if we still want some kind of oops, sorry if we still want some kind of um, discovery to an exploration to be allowed, we wouldn't want a hundred percent replication, right? This is another project that we are working on here as a group. It's mostly led by another postdoc here, uh, Kleb, who is trying to develop a computational model to answer this, given the different distributions of. Um, so statistical power or of possible true effects in the literature oh I'm sorry <laughs> yeah um, the possibility of two uh, different rates of true effects in the literature try to estimate in those different scenarios what reproducibility would you expect yeah I, I think um, we don't we don't we still don't really know as you said, like, what do we expect for a healthy, a healthy literature? And it might be different for different fields. And it's something that uh, I've discussed with the class that I teach as well um, at times about kind of, you know, naturally a hundred, and that's the discussion that happened after the science publication of kind of the, the initial open science collaboration replications, you know, how, how much should we actually be, how much is it that we should be replicating? No. I will rephrase, what should the replication rate be of a healthy literature? <laughs> and I'll shut up <laughs> uh, there. Well, yeah, but, 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 to, but, to even, but to even start asking that question, you also have to, which is another thing that I guess was maybe um, a contentious issue for, for any replication project, um, define um, what you mean when you say that something has replicated or not. Right, and so I guess that's 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 an interesting point because you you cho you chose a slightly different way here, 
than what I what I had seen previously, I think. Uh, yes, there are many caveats with different uh, ways of defining reproducibility. Uh, we couldn't find any uh, definition that was like perfect for every possible scenario. So we we fo we are focusing on this meta-analytic approach in which we are going to take the three different replications, uh, calculate a meta-analytic estimation of an effect, and then see whether the original effect falls within the 95% uh, prediction interval. And this is our primary outcome, but we are also hoping to be able to look at different uh, definitions for example, the uh, it's significant effect on, on the same direction, or uh, yep, yeah, I, I think there are others. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's blanked out right now. But this is also something that we are still writing uh, precisely these methodologies. We would want to have other scientists not involved in the project to review this and offer their insights, and then. Because even when we said when we say that we want this meta-analytic definition to be our primary outcome, there are still many things that we should include in this definition, many parameters that should be predefined when uh, deciding how to mm, do this analysis. Yeah. So it's still up for it's not 100% very well defined. But it's nice that you, that's already kind of incorporated within the design, I guess, having a more meta-analytic approach, because that's, I think, always been one of the challenges with the other big replication attempts, that it's kind of a, a one-shot, did it replicate or not kind of thing, which is, I think, problematic in its own way. So it's it's quite powerful within your initiative that you've kind of actually incorporated that within it. Yeah, I, I think sometimes we forget to include to to uh, think about variability when we talk about our results. I think this is easier to come into mind when we talk about people. We are more used to understanding people as being different from each other and populations from being different from each other. But when we talk about animals, rodents in laboratory conditions, it's more or less assumed that they're very similar, that there's zero variability, which is not true. Even if you have isogenic uh, lines of uh, strains of, of animals, there's still a lot of variability between them, and that's not usually accounted for in biomedical sciences, as far as I'm aware. And so we wanted to be able to have some measure of variability within our application. So these three different uh, multi-site replication designs also intended to do that and then to combine them meta-analytically, I think it's what makes more sense. So I guess I have a question about that. Because so like, um, yes, yeah, so as, as you say, like the sort of the, your definition of what a successful replication is, is still like up for debate, but, uh, but overall you are focusing on the replication estimating the same effect. The combined replication, yeah, uh, englobing the original effect, which opens a, a problematic uh, point that 
it's just that I don't think I discussed this before, is that it creates the possibility for so much variability that the prediction interval is so large that it's going to englobe the original effect, not necessarily uh, meaning that it's a good replication, it's just so variable that anything is going to fall within this, this interval, right? I'm, I'm sorry, you had a question. No, but like that's, that's, that, that, that wasn't my point. But that, but that, that, that does sound like an like an uh, sort of like an interesting issue as well. And like, what what are you going to do if that happens? Um, if, are you going to then because you don't, don't want to end up punishing, um, or like rewarding uh, the oh, I don't know rewarding, but you, you don't want to end up with sort of the the most variable one uh, repl replication set of replications to end up being. Yeah, we don't have a definition of like, how narrow the prediction interval has to be for us to consider this a very good successful application or yeah you know, just you just gotta choose something yeah, yeah. we we still have decided that um, so I guess, I guess my question was more that at sort of that if you're if you're focusing on the um on the effect on the estimation of the same effect um in that area then like how does that fit together with uh wanting to um capture more variability because surely like especially if you if you let if you're letting the different labs um create different protocols because surely that then kind of gets more at well they're testing the same hypothesis they might not do it in exactly the same way and get at exactly exactly the same effect but it's but they are trying to estimate the same they're trying to sort trying to test the same hypothesis with slightly different ways so to, to me that that kind of seems like things that they like, think that aren't quite the same but then there are supposed to be replications like they're not like here's a research question test the research question they're like here's a study replicate the study no sorry this is we we try to get all the information from the original article and ask them to stick to it and then just change whatever is not described so we would uh, think that if it's not in the original article then it's probably not that important or it's not something that was essential for that hypothesis or for that particular question. I mean, of course, we know that there's uh, problems with uh, reporting for other reasons and then not, not necessarily it's, that was not an important detail. But we also had these protocols after they, each lab has filled out we send them to a different lab that was not involved in this replication so that they had access to the original article and and we asked them is this still a direct replication would you still consider this a direct replication even though there are these adaptations or these additions and then we consider them a replication okay, yeah. okay cool yeah sorry I, I was actually going to ask about the like how, how you're reviewing that as well so that's uh, yeah it's interesting to hear as well. But you're only sending that to one other lab. One other lab, each. and one of us in the coordinating team are uh, reviewing that. There is only one case, one uh, protocol where we we had more trouble with uh, interpreting the original. I mean, we we would sing at uh, the first impression. It looks like the methods were the, the intervention was not even replicable. Like we couldn't even understand what the intervention exactly was. So because it was a diet, so uh, there are many different 
possibilities to interpret that diet and then we had to gather all three replicating labs and provide them with a little bit more information from the original articles and do a more in-depth research to try to figure out what they could possibly be trying to accomplish and with the even with the three labs talking to each other and having access to what they're uh, all doing they still had uh, they still came to different conclusions so it's kind of cool but also this is a possibly going to be another problematic interpretation Great, we're back online um, with Sophia, Sam and Clarissa, who's been telling us about the kind of big Brazilian-wide replication project uh, that she is helping orchestrate. Um, and I think something that I've really kind of reflected on throughout this conversation is the amount of diversity that kind of you're allowing into that project and how that is really quite different from other projects that maybe had one replication or replication project like many labs where they try to do exactly the same study um, and in your approach it's with kind of three labs replicating the same study but allowing them for things that aren't in the study kind of mentioned in the study methods allowing them to make their own decisions and then taking that meta-analytic approach I think it is it will be really interesting to see um, kind of what comes out of that because it is it's more akin to kind of normal life research and I think that's kind of comes back to what you said earlier about how this is this kind of how you've you tried not to for example alienate part of the research community or pick out one research group and like replicate all their work and I think it kind of goes into that but I don't know if you have any reflections on allowing this kind of naturalistic diversity, uh, Clarissa, or if you had conversations about uh, why you took that approach. Um, we, we took that approach to try to incorporate uh, this scenario where, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, as you, as you said, that if a lab just picked out a paper from the literature and wanted to replicate to build on that how they would proceed to replicate that finding first and the idea of having it done in three different labs allows for more variability so that we can incorporate that in our estimation of how replicable of whether it is replicable or not the the original one it's like a grad student you know we have like Often, in, once you start your PhD, at least in my institute, you're like kind of supposed to replicate something. Um, and it's kind of trying to, it's that process that you see people go through trying to figure out what the study was. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm really excited to see what happens. I'm very, you know, this, yeah. will, this will be on my radar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there are important limitations to this, as you, as you mentioned. Uh, there's the, whenever you choose a project to replicate, there's some. Uh, steps of trying to figure it out, like make you ma maybe making some attempts at first and adjusting the protocol a little bit to try to get closer to the original result. And that's a, a step that we're skipping here. We're not the, the original apps don't have access to what the original result was. 
so we don't want them to be trying to aim for that or or um, trying to get as close as possible to that if uh, I mean yeah if the the exact uh, culture medium was not described for uh, that particular experiment for that cell line maybe the precise composition is not important it's just important that it contains those uh, elements that were described in the original paper and so if they were wanting to come to the exact to the exact result maybe they would try different compositions first before deciding which one to to proceed with and consider final to have the best uh, result i guess that's kind of like the, one way that the studies as as you've all said kind of that there could be more variability in them but i think one of the strengths that i kind of see within your project that actually I, I think would reduce some of the variability is that you focused on these kind of three specific methods which i i think compares quite positively compared to some of the other big replication attempts which have kind of ranged anywhere from does priming by watching basketball make you taller to like does doing this cognitive task increase or decrease my response times and kind of there's so much variation in in methods and approaches between every study whereas it seems like in yours you've got this really nice kind of higher level sort of three approaches that so rather than saying cognitive science is more replicable than social science or that kind of broad we can't possibly conclude this by actually focusing on three sort of methods you've also got a much more common thread running through all the studies which seems like a big strength to me um so i'm curious sort of how how intentional that was from the get-go or whether that was kind of part of the intention in setting up the study or the project uh, it's partially related to the feasibility of the project so if we focus on the methods we would be able to more easily select the, the experiments and more easily uh, gather the people around this. Uh, but there is also this uh, idea of having a single measure uh, that would be comparable among these experiments. So most of, uh, some of these use different outcomes, some of the experiments within the same method still use different outcomes, but I think they are more relatable to each other than to be able to to gather them all together and say something about that methodology or that uh, or that those questions that are being asked, I think it's easier to get them together. But I, I think it's most of the focus our our great focus was on the feasibility of the project. Nice. Um, I think with that we're probably already at the end, like a little bit over the end, uh, over the the, the time that um, we have actually for today. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for telling us um, more about the project and answering our questions. Thank you for um, this is having me here and for organizing this amazing podcast and discussing important stuff. Yeah, it's it's so it's so so great, great to hear about this. Um, yeah, uh, actually, I, I guess we are missing um, our standard question for interviews. All right. So first of all, like the the more the important one is about advice for other UCLs, right? God, it's been a long time. Yes. Uh, so, if uh, so, 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 something that you've learnt from your sort of involvement with open and reproducible science, some some piece of advice. 
And then the other thing is whether it, whether you want to, um, which you don't have to do now, um, uh, recommend any other people that we should also talk to. Um. Okay. Um, I, I don't feel very comfortable giving advice. <laughs> uh, but something that's really worked out for me is posting footprints. Uh, I was able to uh, meet people, go to conferences and get invited to workshops and talks and I think it's really helped me with making connections, which is difficult both as an early career and also as being far from uh, major centers of science of the world, <laughs> although I am still lucky to be in a major center within my country. but. Yeah, I think posting preprints is being really helpful in a selfish way, <laughs> not <laughs> only for the broad, uh, open, good science efforts. <laughs> yeah, nice. I think that was like fantastic advice. Yeah, great. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I don't know if I have more people to suggest, but uh, here within our group, we are. Pretty much the only meta research or representability team that I know of in Rio or in Brazil. So, yeah, I'm not sure if. Uh, I, I mean, Kleber, which is a postdoc in our group, is a great person to talk about. He's more methodological and his computer models on representability are very interesting. He should be having a paper out soon. So, maybe that's interesting. Nice. Thank you so much. Well, this, uh, that, that was great. Thank you. Um, good. We nearly we nearly forgot those questions. God, what is happening to us? Um, and we really wouldn't have gotten this great advice and this great suggestion. Well, so thank again. Thank thank you again. Thank you again. Well, thank you again for coming on the podcast. Uh, and hopefully see you soon. And I hope uh, that you're well. That you're all well. Um, and yeah. Thanks.